Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Listen For Real. I am Jennifer Brown and super excited because we're going to kind of go into a part two. If you listened to my last episode, and if you didn't, I strongly recommend it. I started talking about the idea of our human design. This is all new to me. Some of you might be listening and going, oh my gosh, of course. Hello. (laughs) Well, not this one. Didn't know a thing about it until this last really month, few weeks. So I've invited Stacy Rowan here. She is actually a coach who uses human design and mindset coaching to help specifically, her niche market is entrepreneurs, um, understand what makes them unique. Okay, y'all, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again here. This concept that one could take your birth date, your time of day you were born, and the location here on planet Earth that you were born at, and plug that into a matrix of sort, and there is an entire understanding that you gain on your own personal, unique human design is wildly amazing and exciting to me. So I asked Stacy to come in because we sort of opened the box last week with my friend, Rebecca Thorne, and Stacy has researched this, studied it, and can answer questions in more detail with us. So Stacy, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so happy to be here. This is my favorite subject to talk about. So <laughs> any chance I get. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Guys, this is important because I want to tell you my journey and why I decided to talk with Stacy. I'm actually coaching with Stacy privately because I don't know if you all have been in this place, but I this year have been in a real place of reckoning and struggle, struggle. I mean, this is this is actually, I think, born in a way out of some pain that I feel so discombobulated and misaligned and I'm working hard and I'm trying to do good things and the right things. And yet there's just this feeling of something's not right. And I'm in a key place in my personal life and my professional life as to where in my professional life, where I'm taking my company, where I'm um, branding and marketing to my clients. And it was funny, Stacy, because I'm meeting with a um, new marketing and visual branding person. And she said, she asked me some things about my client, about different work I do. And she goes, oh my gosh, I thought you had it so much more together. <laughs> okay. When your marketing person says to you, I was so sure you had it all so much more together. And then she talks to me and she says, I'm a little schizophrenic <laughs> in like my business. Cause I am like ideas, 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 chasing the next shiny object. Woo, woo, woo. I am all over. And then I have this grave feeling of, uh, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. I've got to do the next right thing. Oh, I'm, um, and then you feel like a moral failure or a, or a lazy person because you're not, you're, you're not getting everything done because if I got everything done, I'd be superhuman. That's how many (laughs) ideas I have. What I'm learning is slowly that I have this zone of genius. I am very inspired. 
ideas come. I am a connector of sorts, right? But um, I'm trying to do everything and execute on everything. And that may not be how I'm designed and wired. And so it's it's been out of like pain and self-flogging and flagellation of what is wrong with you and why can't you pull your shit together? You know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of how really? I talk to myself. Well, that's not that's not promising. That's not encouraging. That's not helping me. Um, and so I, as is the world, God, the universe, source, power, spirit, whatever we all, I choose to call it God, um, whatever you choose to call this higher power, this infinite, I am so clear. Like I know the sun will rise tomorrow that I am destined for very big things and and that I'm going to make a big impact on people, but I've just got to find my path, right? So Absolutely. all that being said, as the 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 beginning to this, um, will you talk a little bit more about how you got drawn to this? Because that's how I got drawn to you and to wanting to understand and study human design and for myself. Mm -hmm. will you talk a little more about that? Absolutely. And yeah you know, your story is familiar and I think a lot of us go through it. And so I'll, I'll tell you my story and then I'll tell you, you know, like what my vision for the world is, I guess. So, you know, growing up, I, I was a very good girl. I followed all the rules, meaning I did what everyone told me to. I wanted everyone to be happy with me. Um, my grandfather used to say, Stacy's biggest problem is she wants everyone to be happy because of course, as a child, I did it in ways that sacrificed myself or, you know, like were people pleasing. So maybe not doing the things I wanted to do, but, you know, doing things to keep my teachers happy and my parents happy and everybody happy. Um, and I did well, I did school. I was lucky that the structure of school worked really well for me. The teacher set the expectations. I met the expectations. I got good grades. I went to college. That was a bit more of a struggle, but I graduated with an engineering degree and chemical engineering degree. And I started working and I went out and I went in my first job and I've had all this kind of traditional success up to that point in school. And then I got fired from my first job and I was like, what just happened? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that wasn't part of the plan. I'm not a good girl. Did not meet expectations. Good, girl. good girls don't get fired. No. And of course, like there was all the judgment that came from it and all of that. Um, and it was, it, there were some political things going on that I kind of got caught in. And then there were, but you know, like, let's be honest, if I was doing a kick butt job, if I was really knocking it out of the park, they would have never let me go. So I, I realized like, I at least let the door open for them to get rid of me. So thankfully I found another job. So now I have my second job and I'm working at this job. And so while I was shocked by the first job, by its abject failure in my mind, <laughs> the second job, I was shocked because now I'm working in a research and development position. I become the youngest project manager, team manager. I get my own team. I'm managing projects. I have people reporting to me. I'm one of only two females in you know, management positions within research and development. I get raises, I get promotions. 
And I'm equally as shocked. I don't understand because I didn't understand why I got fired. I didn't understand why I did well. And at the second job, I was really drained. I was really, I would come home on Friday nights and have to like lay on the couch before I could do anything, not meeting expectations. But I happened in that job, I worked with a um, contractor who was a technical writer and a life coach. She did all sorts of things. And so we were just chit-chatting one day and she mentioned she's a life coach. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what that is, but I need to know more because my life is a bit of, in my mind, a train wreck, right? (laughs) Tell me. And I was like, I have to work with you. So that's where I got introduced to coaching. Um, Now, Shortly thereafter, I, I I had recently been married. I got pregnant. I had twins. And this was the perfect excuse to leave corporate America, which I wasn't happy in because it's like I didn't want to use my whole salary. And with two kids, it all would have gone to daycare. So I stayed home. But that was good for a while. And then I got kind of bored as the kids got older and doing all sorts of things. And I started coaching um, finally after much many people telling me I should. Um, I, I tried different, all sorts of different things. And finally a friend basically asked, will you be my coach? So I was like, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) So cool. And that's when I got into professional coaching, but I always felt that there was something I needed, um, some structure that was missing, even though my clients were happy, there was something I was looking for. Mm. And I took a pause from coaching as my girls were wrapping up their high school years. They were very involved. We were involved with them. I had some family members who were dealing with some medical issues and I just was confused and lost. And my business wasn't living up to my expectations, this theme of expectations. And I put it on pause. And when it was on pause, I found human design. It was one of those things you're in a group. Uh, you know, like a Facebook group and they all start talking about it. And you go, great, I'm going to go check it out. I checked out all sorts of other things. And this one just hit, like it just really resonated with me. I um, hired someone in Australia who later became my first mentor to just tell me about my design. And the me she described, not knowing me at all, literally we had never met till we showed up you know, on a call together for her to tell me about me was so amazingly on point. And like, she knew things that I didn't share with other people that I kept like secret to myself of like, I wish I could, or I feel like I'm like this. And I was so, I felt so seen and so validated and given permission to be that person that then I was like, I'm all in. And then a couple of years later, I found the application of human design for career and business. And now after many years, 20 some years, I finally had the answers to why did I get fired from that first job looking through the lens of design? Why was I successful in the second job looking through the lens of my design and was able to release all the confusion, all the judgment, all the baggage I'd carried with me from my career, my short career in corporate, you know, about eight years in corporate. And I carried all that with me into my business, my coaching business. And I was finally able to release that and understand myself and accept myself. And now 
I restarted my business, obviously. (laughs) And like, it's just been a completely different experience because I know who I am. This is so stunning and beautiful. And what I find myself asking as you're talking, why doesn't every therapist have this? Why doesn't every psychiatrist and every modality out there, every teacher, can you imagine the world, if we were equipped with this, A, to understand ourselves, but then others who are perhaps in the service professions who are working with someone. I mean, it's almost like, um, you know what I was picturing? It's a psychic. I was picturing a psychic who is smart and knows human design and doesn't need to be psychic because all they need is your birth date and, you know, to run your numbers. And I don't right. mean this, you know, in a nefarious manner, but I thought, boy, that would be smart. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, and then I, you know, I just think of all the ways this can be so incredibly useful and helpful marriage counselors, you name it. Right. So yes. hence the reason why you have a thriving business. <laughs> So would you explain, define the terms a little bit? Because for the, if anyone's like me, I'm still trying to even understand the science behind this. You guys, okay, this is not just some woo-woo old Jen would have said, oh, for God's sakes, this (laughs) is, I said this with Rebecca last week, like I never believed in horoscopes. I never believed in any of that. I just thought, oh, come on. That is so silly and so you know, just for amount for impressionable people who are highly suggestive, suggestible, you know, and, and I just made judgments all over it and just assumed, um, it was bad, wrong and to be avoided. And what I'm realizing now is, boy, if there are powers who want to oppress or keep people down or not have people operating in their fullness, boy, any self-knowledge is going to be frowned upon. So if you look back at, let's say, patriarchal settings or um, religious settings in certain um, areas of faith, it was about um, oftentimes controlling people. And so I know much of my mindset that was poo-pooing it was formed by various um, systems that actually tended to be very oppressive and didn't encourage individual understanding, thought, and a a person who looks inward and sees value in who they are. It was actually quite the opposite that I could not be trusted. You cannot be trusted. Um, Your mind on its own, your soul. Well, and that is true that my mind cannot often be trusted, but that's a whole other topic (laughs) here um, now that I understand the wisdom in my body and my spirit. But um, isn't that fascinating? So that was a long way to ask you, would you define some of the terms and maybe a little bit of this history? Cause I find this captivating. Yeah. So I'm going to start, like you said, so many things I'm like, Oh, there's so many things to jump in here, but this is going to blow your mind. So I'm going to jump in the deep end of the pool here. Let's go. So yes. If, if you look back, you know, and look back in a little bit more distant history, you know, there was a need with the evolution of, of humans, you know, there was a need for maybe having more control over humans. Like we weren't as evolved. We weren't as conscious and aware. Um, 
you know, if, if you think back to a time when there were things like cannibalism, like, yeah, we wanted to get rid of that. You know, we wanted to tell people that's wrong. Okay. Um, and so to, to view that through the lens of today and, and who we are as humans today makes it very hard to understand, well, why are we in these systems where we've all been trained and we have all been trained to look for authority outside of ourselves, to have a hierarchical system where there is an external authority and that is how we base all our decisions. Human design says, wait a minute, you all have an internal authority and that's what you should be look, listening to. So this is the part that's going to blow your brain. Um, so human design, in addition to our individual designs, because of the movement of planets, there is energy that we're all subjected to. So, you know, every day the sun moves and, you know, the moon's in a different place. And then, so we all are experiencing this kind of global energy. Um, but there's another level of energy kind of above that. And for the last 400 years, we've been under what's called the cross of planning. And that is very much um, a community energy. And it's about bonding together in communities. And what it says, it's, it's very much about loyalty and trust. And it's very much that there's a leader, like a king or a queen or some external leader. It's hierarchical. And it's very much built on support that says, look, I'm going to do this thing for you. But in exchange, I need this. And this bargain has to work for both of us in order for this to work out. And there's an, I can't benefit myself without benefiting everyone in my immediate community. So that's the energy we've been under. I think it's been 400 years. Don't quote me on that. But around that. Um, as of 2027, that global energy is shifting. And it's shifting, and I really should know what it's shifting into, um, the cross of, I think it's the cross of the sleeping phoenix. What I know is, I don't remember exactly the cross. What I know is it's an individual energy. And so what human design says, and I will tell you that when I came to human design, I was like, I believe the personal stuff and this other stuff, I'm really very skeptical about it. I'm not so sure. Yeah. So this was four or five years ago, I came to this, but what human design says is that as this energy of the cross of planning is going out, all of the systems we have today were built under the energy of the cross of planning. So our financial systems, our government systems, our school systems, our hospital systems and systems for medical care are any system you can think of mm -hmm. came to be in the last 400 years under this energy in 2027 is shifting to an energy that is very individual. Interesting. And it is about showing up with your own internal authority, knowing what is right for you as you are, as a unique person. And so what they're saying is that these systems are going to break down and something new will come in its place that will be formed from our internal authority. So we'll gather in some kind of groups or structure based on what our authority tells us who the right people are for us and what the right things are for us and not what some external figure is telling us. That's so, isn't that like what, like now 
So again, when I came to human design four or five years ago, I was like, well, that seems a stretch for my logical brain, right? Like, well, and now I'm looking at the world and I'm looking at what's going on. And, and if you just look at it and without, you know, weighing into like, you know, what my personal beliefs are, but you look at what the pandemic did to our government systems and all, you know, there's protests everywhere. You look to what it did to our medical systems and, you know, how it overwhelmed them in the beginning and different things. You look at what's happening with education because of the pandemic and it going virtual and how the teachers are under such stress to try to teach, you know, in the conditions that they have and with masks and with hybrid and with all of this. And like, you look at the rise of Bitcoin, which is, a new way of doing finances, which is, you know, financial system. And, and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. This has been on its it. way. Yeah. What it's like, <laughs> there's been a, a shift, but th- what it is, is the pandemic suddenly made it very obvious. So this shift has been happening gradually for, you know, well, hundreds of years, if you think about it, probably isn't sudden. If it's 400 yeah. years, it's 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 these subtle shifts. But as we're really approaching, I mean, 27 is not very far from now. No. Five years is a blink. That's fascinating. I mean, I, I you know, one thing I know is that the bigness and the grandness of all of this is so insane that almost anything is possible. Yeah. Almost anything is possible. So while I too go, whoa. And, you know, somebody, <laughs> I think, what was it? Oh yeah. Uh, a doctor or my chiropractor a while back said something about, I was having some struggles and she goes, well, I think Mercury's in retrograde. And I was like, oh my God, maniac, aisle nine. What is she even <laughs> talking about? <laughs> like, I really was like, Oh, for the love of God, what are you talking about? Mercury's in retrograde. No, my C1 is out on yeah. my back, on my neck. <laughs> like, come on. But okay, so I can make all the judgments I want, Stacy. but here's the thing. I don't know. Nobody knows. We don't know. And I've just decided I'd rather be curious and fascinated and live in awe and wonder than um, judgy, like, well, that's yeah. not blah, blah, blah. Where, where is that getting me? Right. And I just, that's not a way I want to respond anymore. So I am sitting here just kind of reveling in what you're saying, going, I have no idea. I have no idea if it's right. I, she could be a complete lunatic. It, well, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Well, I and don't, what I, I found, don't believe you to be a lunatic, Stacey, yes, in my I experience. Be. I it. could be, who knows? But I could be too. So that may be what um, along so well. What I love, and this is one of the things I love about design and kind of in this case, in the global sense, like I didn't really buy into it in the beginning, which isn't that funny how it's like, I'm willing to believe these parts, maybe not these parts. Um, We all have our own limits. But as I've seen just this unprecedented events of the last two years, having that knowledge of like, wait, human design says this is supposed to happen and what will come of it is all of us being individuals and, and being valued for the individual that we are. And, you know, um, having it more be about equity 
versus equality. Like everybody gets the same thing, the equity. And um, it's brought me a level of comfort because like the last few years, people have been like, I don't know what's going on. And it's all so uncertain. And to just think like, okay, maybe this is meant to be happening. And then we can, and we're going to bridge into something that's different that nobody knows yet what it looks like, but it doesn't mean that the world is going to end or, you know, something terrible is going to happen. It's just, there will be a new energy supporting us and we'll learn to live in that. So that's been very comforting. And when I look at it in the individual sense of your design and my design, that's also what I love about it is that learning my design, um, and this makes me emotional. So (laughs) I'll just put that out there. I am an emotional defined emotionally, but learning my design has brought such deep self-awareness of who I am and self-acceptance. And it's, it's allowed me to release my judgment about myself. And then you said, could you imagine if everyone had this tool, if everyone knew, like, that's what I, that is what, you know, it's like, I'm not going to stop as a coach and a human design expert really until everybody who wants to know about it has heard about it and can learn about it. Because if, if we show up knowing ourselves deeply and finding the most resourceful way to live within our design, and we're taking care of all of our own crap, right? And we're knowing ourselves and we're loving ourselves. And the person you're meeting is the same. Think of how much less conflict there would be in the world. Well, exactly. As you were talking and you're talking about the beauty of embracing and understanding our individuality and just this, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and so complex. I thought, isn't that just a beautiful permission to love ourselves and accept ourselves so deeply, but also love and accept one another? Yes. And, and and find it wondrous. And this is such an opportunity and invitation to do that. I mean, it's, it, it, it's crazy to think we need invitation to love one another, but I'll, whatever it takes. Right. And so, yeah, there's, there's so much to this that is, is amazing. So will you, what's the history of this? Like, where did this come from? What is it rooted in? I mean, is this I know it's, you explain like, so you take my birth date as an example, and you can use my stuff as an example, if you need to tell me where this comes from and what the science is behind this. Cause that's where I'm just so um, confused. So where it actually comes from is the founder of human design, Ra Uruhu in 1987 had this experience and I'm going to call it channeling. And he channeled the system. He, he had an, um, an interaction with what he called the voice. And this downloaded to him in six days or eight days or some short amount of time. Um, and he, as far as I know, he took about five years until he started teaching it. So um, I guess to just deal with the experience of this like he wasn't, as far as I know, he 
I don't know if the, I don't think he had, I've never heard he had other experiences with channeling. So this was a bit of a shocking experience to him. Um, and then he started teaching it and sharing it with the world. Now, it is based on four ancient wisdoms. So it is based on the Chinese I Ching, which is an ancient thousand-year-old system of divination. Um, then it is based on, uh, like, if you look at the design of your human design chart, it looks similarly to the Kabbalah tree of life. It is based on the chakra systems. If you look at the um, functions or centers within the chart, it's reminiscent. In fact, if you study human design, they use um, terminology similar, like there's a sacral center, right? And there's a solar plexus of similar to the chakra system and astrology. So those are the four ancient wisdoms. It's the reasons based on your birth time is um, it's actually two imprints. There's the imprint of your birth and there's the imprint of three months before your birth. Those are the, the conscious and the unconscious. Huh. So it uses your birth time to, um, to establish those two points. Uh, location is used like for, to get the, you know, the time, right. And in astrology to know where you were with relation to planets, whatnot. Um, now the reason it's your birth time, the explanation of the science, if you will, is that, um, there's these things called neutrinos. Have you ever heard of a neutrino? No. Um, it is a, it's a subatomic molecule. It is neutral in charge. So maybe you remember, um, in school, you learned about electrons, which have a negative charge and protons, which have a positive charge. This is a neutral charge. And it, they thought originally that they were, had no mass, but they found in their studies that it does have a, a tiny bit of mass to it. They travel at nearly the speed of light. So the theory behind this is why is your birth time important is because, the, and they pass through everything. They pass through planets. They pass through us. They can pass through lead. They just pass through everything. Um, and so the, the, the scientific theory, as I know it, is that these neutrinos are flavored by what they pass through. And so as they're traveling, you know, through the universe and through you, they're marking you with some essence of the planets they came through at wow. the time of your birth. Wow. And so and now what I'm not clear on. So there were certain things that Ra talked about with this. So the neutrinos and there's something called a magnetic monopole, um, which is what holds together our design and personality side or our mind and body. I don't really, I'm not going to be able to explain more than that, but I'm pretty sure again, as I've read about it, that like, so magnetic monopole is like a magnet, but with only one pole. So instead of a positive and a negative side, it only has one. And I think at the, in 1987, at the time that raw had this download of this information, they weren't proven in science. They were theorized, but there was no evidence of them. And since 1987, scientists have found out that monopole magnets exist. 
curtsy. <laughs> That's crazy. And again, what a beautiful revelation, a divine download, a channeling. Is channeling, I want to define the term again, because again, there may be other people also that go, wait, what's that mean? Is I always thought channeling meant you heard from the dead. Um, so I don't know. Mediumship is normally when you're communicating with souls that have already passed. They normally okay. talk about it as being a psychic medium. Oh, okay. Um, so not all psychics are medium, but all mediums are psychic, I think is oh, the way okay. that works. Okay. So normally if you can speak to the souls of people who have passed, you're considered a medium. Okay. Someone who channels is someone who is speaking words, downloads of, of some higher wisdom. Okay. So um, if you've listened to Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks, um, what the, what she does, you know, when she does a workshop or whatever, she, she channels, um, I guess Abraham, but, but she channels this, this wisdom of a collective that is not necessarily, um, of souls that have died or passed, but some collection of energy or souls that are communicating. And there's um, several that you can, you can look up. So Abraham Hicks yeah. is one, Esther Hicks. Um, there was something called the Seth books. Those were apparently channeled. Um, so it's, it's kind of like tapping into this higher wisdom and being able to um, hear it and express it, like almost as if you're form is being used as a conduit for their yes. information, but it's not coming from your brain. Right. It's like, you're a conduit, you're a messenger yeah. and mm -hmm. it's just, you happen to be tuned in uh, the, and, and able to translate, so to speak, or bring it, yeah. Bring yeah, a it lot into of words time, onto earth. <laughs> a lot of times channels, people who channel maybe don't even have an awareness of what they're communicating. Like they have to go back and if it's recorded, like listen to it later, like they couldn't necessarily tell you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, they're just used as that conduit of information to come through. Okay. So this makes more sense. I want to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I would love for you to share maybe some real experiences, real stories with regard to maybe your design, or I love um, you've mentioned before uh, that you had twins and this fascinated me because I thought, boy, if that isn't some data right there yeah. of, of the power of human design, I don't know what is, but I'd love to come back and just kind of understand this more, dig into it, but by way of real stories, whether it's understanding me and an epiphany I had yesterday um, to you um, and your experiences. So let's do that when we come back. Great.
we are back. Okay. As always, I should record through every break because the best stuff happens. <laughs> and I, and here's the thing. I, I refuse to not let you all in on it because we just had this amazing thought. I thought this is so amazing. And I'm so excited to learn this for myself because as you can understand and accept yourself and just cherish and go, gosh, I am amazing and love yourself in that way. Um, imagine what you have for other people. But when you are constantly condemning yourself and beating yourself up, I'm a master at all this, I've done all this, then how much do you have for other people? You know, and then you just used the glass analogy, Stacey, would you say that again? Because that really drove it home for me because then I could picture it because this yeah. isn't just important for me so that I can kick ass in my company and that all is going to happen. Great. Goody. Okay. This isn't just for me so I can figure out my relationships and just live this happy, fulfilled life. I, I am having this conversation because I want that for everyone else. And until I do it for myself first, I, I got nothing left to give. And- right. And I, I don't know about you, but I know there are many of us who self-care is like a new concept too, because that seemed highly indulgent, totally selfish, woo-woo, um, all manner of inappropriate. And I'm realizing, again, that is total crap. And mm -hmm. I'm not buying into it any longer. I am no good to other people if I'm just beating myself up all the time and not taking care of myself. I'm no good. I've got nothing. I'm not, I've got nothing to offer on behalf of my God. I've got nothing to offer on behalf of other people and myself. So yeah. tell, use that glass analogy though. That was super helpful. So we were all taught, um, like the way to motivate ourselves was to be the authoritarian with ourselves to, um, you know, like push ourselves to yell at ourselves when we weren't successful and you can do better. And like this, like, that's how we, that's what we thought. That's how we were taught. Like what's going to motivate you. If you're soft on yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. That was that. I know that was the message that I heard from everywhere, right. From movies and videos and teachers. And that idea, if you're soft on yourself, if you're gentle with yourself, you're not going to do anything right. You'll just end up being a blob on the couch playing video games or whatever. But I've just found that not to be true. I found that when I am gentle and loving and caring and non-judgmental with myself is when I can do my best work because when I'm harsh with myself, when I'm essentially bullying myself and trying to motivate myself from negativity, if you picture me as a glass, what happens is the level of liquid in the glass goes down. And, you know, some of us and particularly women, and I think really particularly Christian women who are raised, you know, who are taught how good it is to be nurturing and giving and in service to others. And not saying that's not true, but what happens is it, it gets confused somewhere and they nurture and give to others at the expense of themselves. And then their glass runs completely empty. But if you imagine loving yourself first and trusting yourself and giving to yourself so much so that that level of liquid keeps climbing in the glass and climbing in the glass till it reaches the top. And, you know, most glasses have a little rolled edge. So when it overflows, if it's on a level surface, it just overflows all around the glass, like every, every part at once. And 
once you get it to the point where it's overflowing, if you imagine that's love, you love yourself so much that your love is overflowing the edges of the glass and you give from that, you're never going to go empty. And you can give without bitterness and without resentment and without needing the person to give you something back because you're full, you're complete. You have excess. So you're giving from your excess. And I personally think that's how we're meant to be. I agree. It's, that's a beautiful picture of out of abundance. We have so much we can lavish on others. And, and so it isn't selfish. It's vital. And it is the most giving thing we can do, not just to ourselves, but to others. Okay. Let's get into some real life human design. Awesome. What do you think is one of the best ways to explain uh, you, me, kids, you name it, to explain human design in real, in, in real time right now? That makes well, let it me tell the story of my kids, because, you know, we've already said I came in as an engineer, um, you know, that's my background training, very logical, analytical person. Yeah. And, um, and I'll tell you the reason I even started looking at non-traditional or spiritual things is because I had a couple examples, a couple instances in my life where like my brain is very developed and my ability to analyze, you know, I went to four years of college to analyze things. So my brain is really good at it. But what I was finding happening is that like, if I was doing a pros cons list to make a decision, they always ended up equal in length. Like I was so good at thinking of things that it was like, well, they're equal. (laughs) The pros and the cons, I don't know what to do. And I had a couple times where I made a decision really out of confusion, because again, my logic was leaving me confused. That could have been really, really bad. Like could have worked out really terrible as it was. It was a bit traumatic, but everything was okay. So one example is um, I was scheduled to go to an event and it was supposed to snow and I was driving And I had other people's voices in my head and I didn't really want to go, but I was listening to these other voices and I didn't know. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to leave early and I'll go. Well, the snow came early and I was like, I'll just be really safe and I'll turn off my phone. And so I turned silence my phone, but I didn't really want to go, but I was doing it because this is the thing you do. If you want to be successful, it was the business event, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, they're going to have to cancel because it's a blizzard, but people are flying in. I don't know if they're going to cancel. So I drive two hours, over two hours. It it should have taken me two hours to get there. It took me, as far as I got, I went almost three hours. Wasn't quite there yet. And um, I got stuck in traffic at that point. And I checked my phone. And here, like a half hour after I got on the road, a friend had called and said, it's canceled. I didn't get the call because I was being a good girl and I had turned off my phone so I wouldn't be distracted. And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to just stay home with my family. That's where I went into me anyway. So now I compounded my bad decision by turning around. Now I've been out ahead, like at the front edge of the storm. Now I turned around and I drove back home in a blizzard. It took me six hours to get home. What took me three hours to get there, which was normally a two hour ride. It was terrifying. 
there were so many times that I was like, this could go really bad from having me having to get out and clear my wipers and like tractor trailers, like just, you know, they couldn't see me. I'm like coming so close to the edge of the car. Um, when I was almost home, like now I had lost the traffic, which was showing me where the road was. I'm going over a mountain. It's a blizzard. I don't even know where the road is. I'm like, I could drive off the road. Cause I literally, I was crawling, but I, I couldn't stop. Uh-huh. I didn't know where the road was. I'm thinking this is how people get stuck on the road or like going in a ditch and are lost for days or get stuck on the road for 20 hours, stuck in their cars. Like, why am I doing this? I made it home. It was dramatic, but that I felt like, okay, my logic isn't doing it. It's not doing it. So that's why I started looking like there's got to be another way to decide. And that, and so human design is like, it tells me, oh, I know how to decide now. My decision-making is um, actually the same as yours. I meant to listen to my gut and wait for emotional clarity. So if I'm really emotionally like on a high, I'm so happy or on a load, things are terrible. That's not the time to decide. I have to wait till my, like I kind of run through an emotional wave until I get some emotional neutrality and stability. And then, and listening to my gut through that whole thing. What's my gut telling me to do? Had I listened to my gut the day of the snowstorm, I would have stayed home. Yeah. So when you say listen to your gut, do you physically mean, because this is what I'm understanding, physically, like you can feel something in your body. I'm only just learning this. I have Mm -hmm. not understood or even felt things in my body that I noticed. So I'm really endeavoring to feel into my body and notice these things. So when you say, listen to your gut, is there a physical sensation that you actually get? Sometimes. So let me, so let me explain. I I stay in my longer answer. Yeah. Cause I get the head thing. Yeah. Most of us are taught that the brain is the power. It's what, you know, listen to your mind, listen to your brain, listen to your, you know, analysis of something. We're all taught to do an analysis. And most of us have shut off our bodies. We don't even know we have bodies until it starts screaming at us um, in pain or something. Uh, So that's why it's a hard, if you haven't ever tried to listen to your body, like what happens is your body got tired of talking to you. So it just shut up. So it, it takes, if it's new to you, it does take time to be like, what is my body saying? So, and it's different for different people. So there are some people who um, have that listen to their gut and for them, they actually feel their body moving towards something that's right for them and moving away from something that isn't right for them. Like they'll just feel their body like, either sway or they'll take a step forward. Or I have um, one friend who, um, and I think she, I don't think she has an emotional piece. I think she's just listened to her gut. And she's like, it's like, there is a chain like attached around her hips. And when she knows something's for her, it's like someone's pulling on that chain and she can't help but move in that direction. Whoa. That's not how I get it. Uh-uh. <laughs> now. For me, sometimes it's really, and the emotional sometimes can make it more subtle. So for me, me, I've had to practice with things like I go in my closet, what should I wear today? And I just kind of look around my closet and I just kind of feel like, oh, that, 
that's it. Or I'll pick something up and think like, oh, I would like to wear the black sweater today. That's what my mind thinks I should wear. And I pick it up and I go, apparently we're not wearing that. Then I put it back on. Come on right now. Really? (laughs) Yes. I practice with clothes and food because it's completely low. If I get it wrong, who cares? Wait, when you say practice, are you talking about like it's a muscle that you're trying to build up and and learn learn how to use? So you You have to know your nuance. So I practice with really small decisions that aren't going to matter. Like, I don't want to practice with like, who am I going to marry? Right. Am I going to change my job? <laughs> Where am I going to live? Yeah. Not effective. Not effective. No. If you get it wrong, you're like, dang, that was, that's going to take a lot to unfold. <laughs> oh, but God. if I wear the wrong sweater, yeah. you know? Oh what's, my God. What does that even mean? If low I re- risk, very low, low risk. risk, but you learn. <sighs> and I've gotten to the point where I could go in and what you're going to notice is your brain wants to pick your clothes. But if you feel into your body, and for me, it is so, most of the time, it's really subtle. And I can't even explain to you what it feels like, but it's definitely originating from my body. And I just have, I want to say it's a slight opening or expansion that I feel. So, Mm. So a no, like a strong no can definitely feel like constriction or like everything goes tight in my body mm. or like taking a step back. Um, sometimes for me, because my, my design is different for you, this is not going to be um, the way it shows up for you. But so for some people, it shows up as sounds mm. and they teach that it's a, uh-huh for a yes and a, uh-uh for a no. Really? Um, I haven't found a lot of people, maybe we do that naturally as kids, but I think it gets trained out of us. But I promise you, most people who listen to their gut, just start listening to the sounds you make. So imagine you're in the shower and you're enjoying a nice warm shower and it's been at the end of the long day and it's so warm and it's relaxing and you're just luxuriating in the shower and someone turns on the washing machine or flushes a toilet. And now the water's freezing cold without warning. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Leap. (laughs) Leap. Leap Leap. out of the way. Or scream. Yeah. I would scream. Yeah. Possibly colorful language, possibly just a scream. (laughs) Without saying, no doubt. But if anyone heard my scream, whether they spoke English or not, they're going to know something bad just happened. Mm. And that's what the sounds are now versus if, um, you know, if, if I'm sitting on the couch and um, say we have chocolate truffles in the fridge and my husband says, Hey, you want me to bring you a truffle or you want me to bring you a cup of coffee? I might go. "Mm, mm -hmm." So like that, mm, that, Oh yes. Anybody who heard that would know, oh, something good is happening there, right? Yes. Okay. No, that so you can start sense. listening to your sounds. Yeah. Um, for me, I can, sometimes it will come out as a word. It would be, you know, someone will just ask me a yes, no question. And again, because of my, the way I'm designed, it's sometimes my response, even though I have the emotional, which is a kind of 
wait. If it's a bigger decision, definitely wait. But for a small decision, you know, like, again, if my husband's like, um, you know, I don't feel like cooking tonight. Do you want to order out? And I might be like, yep, yep. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Not cooking. Yep. You got it. Yeah. Um, it can also be feelings in my body. So I definitely, not so much from a decision, but if there's something that I really resonate with that someone says, mm-hmm. I'll get chills all over my body. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking of my friend Cara and that is exactly it. We'll be talking and I share an idea or something and she goes, oh my gosh, goosebumps, chills. That that gets me excited. And that for her, she's learned is a really great indicator of this could be good. This, this might be something we can do together, you know, from a, yes. we're talking about a business project. And so I love that. And so now as you're talking, I realize I got to look for the good feelings, but I know the feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach. So now that you say gut, I wonder if that has some merit to certain things. All I can think of is, is when I felt dread in my stomach. Yeah. So gut, normally they're referring to the, the sacral chakra area. Where's that? So that's, if you're familiar with the chakras, the root chakra is at the very bottom of like your, your trunk. So the very bottom of your, of your spine. And then the sacral chakra is kind of between your hips. Like think about where, um, you know, in a woman, it would be like really like around where her uterus is like, because the the sacral energy is that life force giving energy. It's about birthing and creation. And so um, sometimes you feel it a little higher, which is more in your stomach. Like you might get like butterflies or like that sick feeling in your stomach. Mm. But I have another friend who, even though it's her gut, like what she resonates with is her heart. Someone might say, oh, well, because there is the heart center, mm-hmm. um, you know, it shouldn't be her heart, but that's how it feels to her. Mm-hmm. Whatever her feeling is in her words is I'm listening to my heart. And, and I know for her, it's, it's like a heart opening, right? It's a, it's an, and most of the times a yes, it's going to be a real opening or expansion or relaxation. It's like, sometimes it's just, oh, I relax into that. I know that's my choice. Okay. I'm going to ask a very um, explicit question, but I mark all my episodes explicit because somehow I end up cursing every time. (laughs) Love you. I love you, my friends in the audience, because you know me. Okay. So if I'm sacral, is it possible that when someone says, oh, I'm really turned on by that, because I think of my sexual organs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I, we're all grown ups here. We, yeah. can, we can acknowledge the existence of sex and sex organs, everybody, and I'm doing it. So, is it possible that I would feel turned on, so to speak? I mean, I'm not going to get crazy all up in here, but. Is it possible that that's where I would be feeling it? But if you are from a culture or any kind of such um, environment where that's supposed to be, you're supposed to turn that off and be chased or whatever, right? Right, It just occurred to me, well, I wouldn't necessarily even know to feel it there because you're not supposed to feel something there uh, when you're (laughs) standing in Target. You know, if I'm standing in Target and I'm looking at choosing a candle, 
and I'm getting turned on. I don't know if that's good or bad. (laughs) So, right. So I guess, but, but it occurs to me, wait a minute. Okay. Maybe my stomach, that's the closest thing I can come to it right now. But as I started thinking, when you were talking, I'm like, wait, was it my stomach or was it more like down lower uh, in between my hips? Okay. Well, that's more towards like my sexual organs. Mm -hmm. There's a lot there besides that, but Do you think that's something, there's something to that and that I might feel something more that one would totally discount because they think it's sexually oriented, but no, that's just where I feel something. So what I always tell all of my clients, um, is that like I show up with the information, like the book knowledge, if you will. Okay. But the, the beautiful thing about human design is like, I may have the book knowledge, but you're the expert on you. And I'm just helping you uncover what's already there, what you already know. So if, and it's really is about going out and playing with your design and experimenting with it and say, well, how does it show up for me? So I'm saying if that's coming to you now, yeah, it's a good chance that that might be And maybe it's one of your yes signals. Like, so for me, I have a few, I have the chills. Sometimes I say yes. And sometimes it's really subtle. So you may have more than one yes signal. Oh, I like that term. Yes signal. Okay. Yes. And looking at your design, what I notice is um, one of your strengths is the strength of interaction. So in a business sense or in a life sense, in a life sense, it is about forming the bonds of intimacy ultimately for birthing children, for keeping the human race going. Okay. Okay. So particularly if you happen to have the whole strength, but if someone, you know, if a couple comes together and you have someone with one, the trait on one side and someone with the trait on the other side, and they make an electromagnetic connection there, you know, like they probably have a pretty good, pretty good connection. Okay. And that's so that the human race can continue. In a business sense, it's about bonding for any creativity, creating a business, creating a product, creating an idea. But given that you have that defined, would I be surprised if like one of your yes signals was feeling turned on? No, not at all. Interesting. So you're saying for me, because I want to understand that I'm a, what was the term you just used? It inter, what was the word in? What, what's the, what the, you just used the term and you said you are, and it has to do. Oh, with you have the strength of interaction. Interaction. Thank you. I have <laughs> Sometimes I don't of, remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> there were just, yeah. I get it. The strength of interaction. So somebody with the strength of interaction is, so it is about an interaction with other people. Mm-hmm. It's about bonding with others. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I love to bond with other people so that. And you're good at it. Like you're able, that strength gives you the ability to establish intimacy quickly. And I don't just mean sexual intimacy, but the intimacy of relationships and to have people feel. um, So a friend that I have has it and she is so, she's also a coach and she's really good in a group. Like she does a lot of group coaching and like they go in and have in these groups, like these really vulnerable conversations, right? Coaching conversations. But because she has that strength of intimacy, 
it's like, or of not, if not of intimacy, of interaction, mm-hmm. she's able to go in and people trust her and she's able to have an intimate connection with everyone in, in this deep bond of trust. And that's, and so people feel safe and that's why they're able to do it. So you can connect with people right away. Like it probably doesn't take a lot of time. And then you're just like, wow, that's, that's stunning. I did. I'm so gratified because that is um, exactly how I am. And that is the feedback I get in all all kinds of environments. Yes. Yes to that. Oh, so, and with that strength, because it comes off of, so in the business, the way, so I find the business language is a little more, um, more going to be, make sense to a wider audience. Let's okay. put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. versus the human design again is more in the chakra system and more spiritual. So, so there might be people who aren't open to that, but so it's called the strength of interaction in the business uh, application and it's connected to the energy resource and the emotional intelligence. Okay. So it's this bridge between your emotions and this generative energy of creation, which is the energy resource. Um, so that energy resource is called the sacral center. So that is the center of all types of creation and fertility. So since you have that connection, And that is connecting the two pieces of your decision-making, which is your emotional, you need the emotional clarity, and then you trust your gut or your sacral energy. So that's why I wouldn't be surprised if one of your yes signals felt like being turned on. Oh, this is, yeah, or or attracted. Um, Yeah, attracted to something. Yeah, and it's not just romantically or sexually. Like you could be attracted to to a candle, like I'm really right. digging this candle. <laughs> this is the one. This wow. One. <laughs> this is going to be one hell of a candle. Yes. <laughs> but we yeah, all need that candle. <laughs> because I'm seeing the different partnerships and alliances I'm forming right now business-wise. And that's making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just certain people there. Yeah, I, I kept calling it. Well, I, I feel like there's a synergy or, um, yeah, I'm just super attracted. I want to know them. I want to, I want to collaborate with them. I want to form deeper bonds with them. And Mm. so, but then if you're saying the connection between, um, our work and I see how we would be in service to one another's work and message and, and take, and it would just benefit both of our clients' bases. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I do think like that. Yeah. And if you're thinking like, if if the feeling you have is like, oh my gosh, I would love to work with them. And like, I just feel like, so we could use excited, right? I feel so yeah. excited by the thought of this collaboration. That's very much in alignment with how your design is supposed to work. It's like, yes, I'm so, and okay. So if you're like, oh, wow, I'm so excited to connect with this person. And I have such a vision of how, of the direction we could go, how we could work together. And I would love to do that. And I'm just getting all of this insight of how we could work together. Go with that. Okay. So then, okay, here comes my mind with its little voice goes, wait. So when I'm not excited about someone, I'm thinking about right now, I sent some emails to some different people last night. One person, for whatever reason, I'm just like, eh, but no, you follow through. I follow through with my emails. I said I wanted to get together and have a conversation. And for some reason, this, this 
uh, person and I, we just can't seem to get our schedules together and I'm losing my zeal. And, but I thought, no, Jennifer, you need to. So right there, my mind is jumping in going, you know, come on, you're a business owner. Not everything feels wonderful. <laughs> just push through. Okay. That's maybe an old tape. And not necessarily yeah. that's old patterns of thinking that you must toil to build a successful company. And everything I'm learning now is like, no, that's actually not necessarily true. So are you yeah. saying when I have that feeling, it may not necessarily be something to pursue because, and let me couch this with something. There are times we're on the precipice of something big that we're meant to pursue, but it's big and scary and we want to back off and stay comfortable. See, that dynamic is at play too. And I know that's true, that there's times mm -hmm. where I just would rather crawl into my bed and not do it. But if I went by how I felt every day, we wouldn't get anything done. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not excited yes. some days to do something. It would be, I'd be more excited to crawl into bed and read my book. Uh, yeah. or drink wine. Uh, well, yeah. that is the option always. So, right. Right. So do you see and what I'm saying? Like, why. how do you balance that with, sometimes you got to push through because um, Valerie Rain uses the term prison guards. The prison guards are there to keep you from that next big thing. Yes. Um, right. Yeah. So how do you. This is fabulous. Great question. So here's the thing. So when you have awareness of your design, both how you're meant to operate, meaning what is defined and consistent in you and what is undefined that represents your shadows, you start to be able to pick up like, well, how am I supposed to make my decisions? Oh, maybe I'm supposed to, I, I'm supposed to do the things I love. I'm supposed to, and this is not everybody's design. So don't everybody follow this advice. Oh, this is thank for you for saying that. This is for this me. Is for Jen. This, is, this for is not necessarily how you work. Um, so don't just say like, Hey, Stacy said, if I'm excited and if you have a different type, it's, it's yeah. going to be completely different, but for you as a builder, a classic builder or in human design language, that's a generator. You're meant to love what you do. You're and you're meant to make your decisions with emotional clarity. So that feeling of excitement, you have to play with that to say, is that just like, oh, I'm so excited about this thing. Like you don't want to make the decision when you're really excited. Your mind, like when your mind's excited, you want to see how your body feels over time. So don't make decision from, even though it might feel you're waiting to see over time, does that excitement stick? Like, does that feeling physical body feeling stick around? Um, like, cause you might feel turned on and we switch that to excited, but make sure it's not, you're deciding on an emotional high so that, and we can parse that out. You know, there's okay. ways to parse that out, not in two minutes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I know I'm completely gone off of track. Okay. How do you know if it's the prison guards? This is why I do mindset work with design work is we, we understand how your design is supposed to work. Your shadows basically tell you where your mind is going to get in the way and want you to decide from your mind to get away from some discomfort. So you happen to be, because you're undefined in your drive and stamina, which is at the very bottom, 
and your inspiration, which is at the very top. And they're both pressure functions. So you're feeling you're absorbing other people's pressure and amplifying that. And so you often are in this like pressure sandwich. Mm. Um, and the pressure isn't really yours. It's other people's that you're getting conditioned with. Oh my God. Are you being serious right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, this so you have all this pressure. So much. All my friends are listening right now and they're going, Oh my gosh. Cause they know my history. You don't have the luxury of knowing my history. That's crazy. So much pressure. And then you're also undefined in your willpower center. And that shows up as like needing to feel you need to prove yourself overcompensating and overcommitting because I have to show I can do this and I have to show up and, you know, I have to prove my value by like proving I'm as good as that person. And that means responding to this email because that's what you do. And you start to understand these things coming up. And then you do the mindset work, which is like, what is the thought that you're having? Is the thought, um, I need to do this because I need to be in control? Is your thought, I need to do this and prove my worth because I need to be the best? Is it, um, you know, it could be anything. We look through your shadows and we can kind of figure out what your mind's going to be saying to you. But then we do the mindset work of saying, well, it is actually these thoughts that you have that are creating the results that you don't want. And then how do we change our thoughts to get the results we want that is in alignment with our design? So you learn to recognize, is it my mind that's stopping me or is it my decision making that's stopping me? And it always comes down to that. Is it my mind? Is it those prison guards who want me to not step out of my comfort zone because they're trying to keep me alive and they think that you step out of the comfort zone and, you know, the bull, I don't know, something's going to come and get you. Or is it actually my decision making saying, no, this is not the right person for you? Okay. Wow. Okay. I know we, I could talk to you for five hours, (laughs) but I recognize that this is a podcast episode. So. Let me ask you one more question before we wrap Absolutely. up. And then y'all, you know, okay, first of all, this is not just me and Stacey having a conversation. We love when you engage with us. We want you in this conversation with us. So remember, you can contact us. Obviously, all of our contact information's in the show notes, in the episode notes specifically, but also reach out to us on Instagram if you want. I'm at being real Jen. Stacy is at, okay, I want to get this custom built life. Yeah. (laughs) Custom built life. Just run it all together. And it's in the notes as well, but check in with us on Instagram and, and tell us where this resonates and where it doesn't and, or where you think it's questionable and that's okay. There's room for all of it. I mean, we're, we're all big kids here and I love just engaging people, but I I'm having a thought Yesterday, I met with um, my, uh, uh, well, a psychiatrist. I don't have a regular psychiatrist, but I am on um, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. I have been for, gosh, at least 10 years because I struggle with serotonin. I struggle with low-level depression. So here's what I'm just coming to understanding. Now, First of all, huge disclaimer, I am not telling anyone to get off your antidepressants. I am not saying anything. I would no more tell my husband who's a diabetic to get off insulin, okay? That's not what I'm saying here. 
but it does beg the question. As we're talking about this, my friend Stacy Bartley says, depression in you, Jen, because of your personality and who you are and the way you want to live is depressed expression. And so now, as I'm hearing you talk in just the few things you've mentioned about my human design that I didn't realize, if I am not living in alignment with my own human design, literally the way God made me through the, 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 the moment I was born and how I am the exact person I am, which is so insane to think about the DNA that came into the timing, everything that happened to create this magnificent human being, Jen. And I'm not living in alignment with the way God designed me. Then of course I'm brushing up against it or it's not feeling right, or it feels out of alignment or a depressed expression. And of course maybe I'm suffering from depression or low level anxiety or whatever it is. So what if my meeting with my psychiatrist yesterday, you know, cause I was like, do I need to up my meds? Like, cause I'm just in this malaise. What, you know, what's going on here. And so part of me goes, hello, hello. I'm starting I- with Stacy. And um, we're going to be meeting week to week to talk about this. And for me to get a very clear understanding of who I am and how I'm built and how I operate. And that may solve a myriad of things that I thought, oh, I just need, a, I need an up in a, a, or a different antidepressant because it's not doing the trick or, you know, I, I'm looking at different choices I've made in my life. And now I can see when some things have been out of alignment. Well, no wonder I feel low. Yeah. I mean, so obviously also not a doctor, not giving any medical advice to anyone, but what I find I'll talk about my, you know, what I find for myself is that life wasn't meeting my expectations. Expectations are big in my design. Life wasn't meeting my expectations and that felt terrible. And my personal belief is we're all meant to thrive in, in, you know, in this life, we're all meant to thrive. And now my thriving and your thriving are going to look completely different because we're different people, you know, Jim Carrey's version of thriving. And he's in alignment with his design is he writes the $10 million check and says, I'm going to make $10 million from a movie. And then a year later, he gets paid $10 million for dumb and dumber, right? Not everybody's meant to make $10 million from their career, but there is a life that fits you and feels great and sufficient. And like, I have everything I need for you. And there's one that fits me that way. And I think our, our life or our soul or something is always trying to talk to us to get us back on track with that. Like, I think we're supported in that maybe it's God and maybe it's our own soul, our higher self. I don't know what it is, but there's something that is supporting us saying, come on, like get back on track. You know, like we're meant to be in alignment. We're meant to find, you know, there's something within human design called life work theme. It tells you your purpose in life. But what I always say to everybody is your purpose is to live as you period. And I think if we're not living 
as our true selves, some part of us knows. And most of us aren't, not through anybody's fault, other than that's that's how humans are. You come into the world, maybe when we're born, we know who we are, but then we interact with people and our little baby brains make sense of those interactions that aren't really true. It misunderstands because they're baby brains. That's all they, (laughs) they're just not very developed brains. And we have all sorts of expectations and lessons and stories, and it's okay to be this way. And it's not okay to be that way laid on top of us. And I think for all of us, the journey is to dig ourselves out from under that pile of things we were told we should be to just be who we are. I am so much of my journal writing is about the shoulds and that I have operated out of the shoulds constantly. Mm -hmm. And that makes a ton of sense what you just said. Wow. Wow. And it gets overwhelming because there's so many shoulds and it's just recognizing, wait a minute, I actually do know what's best for me. And they weren't necessarily telling me those shoulds to mistreat me. They, that's what worked for them. And they were trying to be kind to be like, here, I'm going to save you steps. I'm going to tell you how it works. Here it is. Mm -hmm. But our designs can be like, I look at so many designs and they can be so wildly different. Of course, your shoulds aren't going to work for me. Why would they? You're unique. I'm unique. And we just have to find out what works for us and embrace that and celebrate it and and then celebrate that someone else works entirely different. And isn't that wonderful and magnificent? Absolutely. Oh, I I am so grateful to you um, for this time, for just illuminating this. I'm I'm thrilled we're going to continue this conversation, you and I. Um, y'all, her website's there. You can go um, talk to Stacy, meet up with her. I, a shameless plug. I know I am because I'm so excited to learn and understand this and understand myself more deeply and just start putting this into effect and motion. But um, I'm just grateful that you you were willing to just sit with me and kind of play with this a little bit and, and expose this to others. I mean, I just think about all the people who are suffering right now and what if this tool put in their hands, this knowledge, actually, you know what I kept picturing prisons. Mm. Like when I make millions of dollars, I am going to fund people getting schooled in human design and taking this into prisons and just setting people free mentally. They may not be able to leave that cell, but these are beautiful human beings who, for whatever reason, whatever choices, that's not my business. Um, But what if they knew their human design? What if they saw their potential? What if, what if they could uh, do something different? I think about so many what if they kids. could find forgiveness for themselves? Oh my gosh, forgiveness. Yeah. Like for themselves. Yeah. What what if every high school student was equipped with this as they were figuring out their life and going off to college? What if, I mean, all of that, there's so much here um, that's beautiful and important and could just be illustrative and helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what a gift um, we were given, however, in the 1980s with this. And, and that's, what's insane too. Okay. Last point. 
ah, that thankfully that divine download didn't get set aside and we got to benefit it. What if he decided, ah, nah, you know, or whatever. Now that yeah. wasn't what was meant to be, but I, I was thinking about the book, the alchemist. Do you know the story mm -hmm. of the book of the alchemist by Paulo Coelho? Right, right. Do you know, he also, he was being interviewed and they were talking about how that was so amazing, but it, I mean, it sat for decades before it really took off. Right. right, right. And, um, I think it was Oprah or someone was interviewing him and saying that, well, did you ever worry that you could never compare again? I mean, you wrote something that was just an epic and then all your other writings would pale in comparison because there will never be another one again. That was literally downloaded to me in like two weeks. I could never duplicate it. That just, and I, so I thought, wow, this stuff's happening all around us. Maybe we just don't have the awareness that that's how it comes about or there's hubris and ego that gets involved. And it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. I well, thought I of this. <laughs> I've read somewhere, or maybe I listened to a video and Ra was talking about his experience. And um, I feel like there was some mention of someone at, at the similar time getting at least some of the information and, and literally like, I think they had like a mental breakdown. Like they couldn't manage the way it came through. Um, I don't think it was a pleasant experience for Ra from what I've heard and they couldn't, but he, his design was such that he could withstand the shock of it and then go on and, and make use of it. Um, but you know, we are, that is amazing that he was able, like, think when no one had heard of this, people probably thought he was just crazy, but he found the right people to get the information out. And, you know, I've had people and I'll just end with this. I, I had someone once who came to me to talk about design was considering being a client. And they said, well, how do you know, like, how can you prove it's true? How do you know it's true? And I said, I can't, I can't, it might all be made up. There's a possibility, but this guy was crazy and he made it up or maybe he wasn't crazy. He was just really clever and he made it up to make money. Who knows? But what I know and this is all that matters to me is that as I have applied this to my life and I've used this as my guide. And again, I figure out my own nuances to it. I'm doing my own experiment, experiment with it. You know, I figure out how it's already shown up in my life. And as I've applied it, my life has changed for the better. And I've found more love and forgiveness for myself. And I've been able to give more to others because of that. And to me, it could be all a load of baloney, but it works. So I don't care. That's right. And there will be people it doesn't work for. And that's okay too, because there's so many other systems. Go find your system yeah. that lets you love yourself, because that's all I care about. I just want everybody to understand themselves, to be able to feel secure in being themselves, and to love themselves. Yeah. That's it. And to trust themselves and, and that too. So I, it's almost like I want to make this a prerequisite to working with me. When clients come to me, I'm a communications consultant. So I either do workshops with people or I privately coach them when they have a message or an idea or a story they want to take to a TEDx stage, a keynote, whatever, right? That's what I help people with. And it occurs to me that the biggest thing I do is help them find their authentic voice in the first place. Well, there's some serious unearthing there. And it and I'm going, 
this may have to be a very big part of if we're going to work together, I want to give you a leg up on finding that authentic voice in the first place. Um, because you might be getting that divine download that's like the alchemist or that's like human design or my whole mission is to elevate and amplify voices and stories and ideas and lived experiences. And if someone leaves it on the table, what, what maybe is the world missing? So mm -hmm. if I can help equip them to give voice to what it is, you know, they're receiving, um, their genius, their beauty, and they have access to it better because they, they understood their human design. How cool is that? Gosh, our work yeah. is done. And you so. can find like, this is an, another whole conversation, but I'll just drop this little seed in there. We'll end on this. Hey, it's our, it's my podcast. We talk as long as we want. Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> you can find clues in your design. You can find things in your design that tell you what people want to hear from you. What? Yep. Oh my God, what are she doing like this dance? She just totally did the Z stuff. This is what I'm, I'm in like, my certification for this now. And are in the business like application, it's called profit potential. So are it's like, kidding? what are your profit potentials? What do you talk about? So for you, you are going to, um, you're going to inspire people. Part of the way that you sell your work is through inspiration. Part of it is through which is so funny because this is kind of what you were talking about is through freedom, selling them freedom, the freedom to be them maybe. And gosh, I'm forgetting the last one because I'm just learning it now. That's okay. <laughs> but you can, you can look at, um, you can look at your design and it, so basically what you're going to talk about that will attract people to you, whether it's in your personal life or in your professional life or the undefined areas of your design. And then the way you deliver. So like if you're selling inspiration, the way you deliver your inspiration is through the defined areas. Hmm. And it is, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's well, <laughs> Uh, I got, I got a thought this week and it was take them on your journey with you, Jen. And what that meant was on my podcast, my learnings and my self-introspection, I have a blog where I, it's like a personal journal. I just work through my stuff uh, and I keep finding myself wanting to, I'm on a journey to, I, I don't have, I, I was drawn to the work I'm called to. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm also meant to speak and share my experience and just open the kimono is the phrase I always use and just transparently share, look, this is where I'm, I've screwed up. I've messed up. I've struggled. Um, this is where I'm really wrestling right now. Do you resonate? And a lot of my, I think that's like part of my secret sauce is I'm just really honest and transparent sometimes to a fault. And sometimes it's self-deprecating. I don't care because if someone else gains something from it, and I feel more seen and known for who I really am. I, I, mm -hmm. I'm great. Right. And so I was thinking that this week, that is it, I keep thinking I got to get all my crap together and figure all this stuff out so that then my business, my career, my offerings to the world, to my clients will be better. And then it was like, no, 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 
It's the journey that's you're offering to your mm-hmm. clients. It's this mess you're in right now that you're trying to navigate and find your way through. And by you taking them on that journey with you and just openly sharing in while you're in process, it's not that you're going to get there, be all freaking self-evolved and then go, oh, look, and 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 suddenly you're going to have this platform. No, no, Jen, this is your, take them on the journey with you. So yeah. I wonder if that, I'll be curious to see if my design also um, reflects that because I keep getting that sense. Yeah. And, and what I'll say, as you learn more and more about yourself, about your design, about what you want to do in the world, like it's just a constant refining of how you speak about what you do, but what you share about, you know, I can go back to um, journals from seven, eight years ago. And I'm like, Oh, look, I was talking about this stuff. Some part of me knew it, yeah. but it took knowing my design to, to release all the questioning and just be like, Oh, okay. I'd like to give the permission. It's like, Oh, I was talking about this, but then I thought like, ah, maybe that was too weird. Maybe, you know, maybe people won't resonate with this. Like yeah. maybe, maybe they'll be turned off if I'm talking about like, no, you just need to love yourself. You know, I was kind of told I was oversensitive as a kid. So I was really uncomfortable about that. And it's like, I can look at my design and be like, oh yeah, of course, of course, this is what I want to talk about. And so it, it gives me the initial confidence until I start having the evidence that goes, oh, yes. Okay. This is what we want to talk about because now we have the evidence of things are, you know, picking up momentum and are working better and whatever, but like your design can give you that initial clarification or, um, uh, support in like, oh, you know, these are the things that were coming to me anyway. And now I see where that's coming from in my design. Great. I'm going to have the confidence. I'm going to go with that, have the faith. And then eventually the evidence starts showing up and, and then it's much easier to trust it. Right. It's the hardest part of trusting any journey is at the start where you don't kind of have a clear view maybe of where you're going and you have no evidence that you're actually going to get there. <laughs> like that's the hardest part. Yeah. Um, so you happen to like beginnings. So you probably have a lot of beginnings in your life and are probably better with beginnings than endings, but, um, yeah. you know, it gives us the support for, oh yes, these things that I've been toying with for years and years and years are the things that I meant to come forward with. Yep. So yeah, we have so that. much we can talk about. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh. Thank you, Stacy. Thanks for Thank being here. Thank you for here. having me. Um, I love to share design with people. And like I said, I just want the whole world to know that it's out there so that if anyone resonates with it, they can find their design and start this journey for themselves. I, I mean, with me or with, there's a, a lot of people teaching human design out there. Find your person you resonate with if this yeah. talks to you at all. Um, I yep. think it, it can only do good in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and y'all, you get your design and then you get your little names and terms and numbers. Like, tell me, tell me what they were. I'm so excited to see the people I know. And like, Oh, what was yours? Oh, what was yours? Are we that, that it's, that'll be just another added little layer to our relationship. So 
Y'all, thanks for being here. Stacy. thank you again. You're, you're awesome. You. I'm so glad we now know each other and I'm excited for our relationship to just get better and deeper and I'm excited to know you. Thank you. We're going to have All a right. lot of fun. Oh, we are. All <laughs> right, y'all. See you next week. Thank you. Keep listening for real. And I just, um, I'm excited for you as you discover new things this week. Like I just did really excited. See you next time. Listen for real is produced in Rockland, California and is edited and mixed with the help of Mark Edward. Our music entitled zero is written and performed by Shannon Curtis. If you believe conversations like these belong in the world, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And even better, share it with someone else as a real conversation starter. We'll see you next time.